0: In 48 hours, we will be treated to more rugby league. That's right, another three weeks of it, all kicking off in Adelaide for the State of Origin opener. Let's get you up to (laughs) date. The Bold Blues roll into Adelaide as red-hot favourites, but Maroons legend Darren Lockyer tells us where the Queenslanders will win the series. Plus, could this be Boyd Cordner's final representative season? The panel have their say. Panthers flyer Josh Mansour is on the hunt for a new home as the NRL player market heats up. And with the rise of COVID-19 cases in Europe, we discuss a potential backup plan for next year's Rugby League World Cup. 40 years of state of origin. It all kicks off on Wednesday at Adelaide Oval, the state of origin opener. Can you believe it that we've still got Rugby League happening in November? It's
1: amazing, isn't <laughs> it's it? It's usually
0: international rugby league. We usually got some tests and this year we were supposed to see the kangaroos and the gillaroos go overseas, but definitely not the case this year. Uh, what did you most like out of, I guess, the last week? Because we haven't had any rugby league played over the weekend.
1: I have been glued to Jerome Hughes and the Hectic Cheese Instagram, <laughs> just watching them party. Cameron Munster sink beers and going to Queensland camp. I wanted him to keep drinking uh, ahead of Wednesday night, but watching those three guys. Yeah. Responsibly. Yeah,
0: Responsibly, of
1: course. Watching those three guys party.
0: Yeah, we'll have Brandon Smith feature in Champ or Chump a little later on in the show, but what about for you, Michael? Yeah,
2: with my journalist hat on, I've enjoyed the little uh, friends in the player market. A lot of talk at the moment about where players are going next year, obviously a lot of, con- lot of players off contract November 1, so a bit to talk about it from a journalism front.
0: Yeah, before we get to the player market, we do have the man who's played 36 tests for Queensland, let's talk all things Maroon, Darren Lockyer joins us, thanks for coming on Inside the NRL. Uh, my pleasure, now,
3: it is November, Yeah, we're, uh, we're on the eve of a, another State of Origin series.
0: Are you excited for it? What's happening in Queensland? Because I know the vibe in New South Wales has just been a little strange, probably like the whole 2020.
3: It's different. There's no doubt about that. We just had the election here uh, on the weekend in Queensland and I've got to say there was probably a lot more focus on that than there was the football, which is not always the case. So it is different, but I don't think it's going to mean anything less for the players. Um, They obviously want to win and they'll keep competing every minute of the 80 minutes over the next few weeks. Uh, but maybe a little bit different for, for some of the fans, probably more the, the casual fans that don't often always rugby, watch rugby league, but uh, often will watch uh, State of Origin.
0: Yeah, you're right there. And the players won't underestimate how much attention this does get from uh, the public. Daily Chair Evans did speak to media today, and this is what he had to say.
2: I, I know the build-up's been a little bit different, but you know I've got no doubt in the next 48 hours it's going to ramp right up. Um, I know as players um, we're extremely excited about the the next three games and this one in particular down in Adelaide. So you know come game time, like I said, I reckon it's going to be um, business as usual and Origin will be back and yeah it's going to be crazy. It's going to be
1: uh, it's going to be crazy in the aspect
2: that we've got three weeks of it in a row. Like that's that's a sports fans uh, dream, isn't it? Lucky, what are you made of this Queensland side? I know they have sort of felt like flies with no David Vafita, no Caelan Ponga, but are you pretty confident this Queensland team that Wayne Bennett's assembled will, will get the job done in Game 1 in Adelaide?
3: Oh, uh, look, I think, um, you know, there's looks like going to be eight debutantes. Um, you know, when Wayne last coached at this level, when he first came back, very similar in 2001, um, we had, I think, about nine debutantes. So... Oh, look, you know, we're, we're missing some strike. Uh, AJ Brimson, he brings, you know, I think he brings some X Factor. You know, Jake Friend brings some experience. So, look, from from my perspective, I think it just comes down to defence. You know, I think, you know, Wayne's always built his best teams around that. And if the guys go there and they have the mentality that we'll just do what we have to do for our teammates and don't let our state the jersey down, defensively just keep turning up. I'm, I'm optimistic. And look, we love being the underdogs.
1: Lockie, Dallachery Evans is going to have to be so good on Wednesday night. What do you want to see from him as a leader, not only as a captain of the Queenslanders, but in his own game to know that he's on for Wednesday night?
3: Well, I think when, you, when you're when you the leader and you wear a six or a seven jersey, I think it is about still having an aggressive mindset. And that, you know, for me, uh, you know, it was an early kick. It's, you know giving that sort of example that you want to roll your sleeves up and go out there and just play play a, a game where you want to grind the opposition down. So I think kicking game is important when he kicks. I think kicking early is a good sign. Uh, and then as you start to, you know, this is, the I guess, the, the first state of origin with the new rules. So we're used to seeing origin with limited penalties, let the game flow, a lot of ball in play. Um, And if we've got these, you know, these rules that we've tweaked this year, then I think there's going to be maybe even more fatigue in an origin than, than what we're used to. So as the gaps start to appear, you know, back himself and run.
0: Yeah. lucky. another point, I know you you kind of touched on it, was inexperience in that Queensland Maroons side. There's been so much hype. Like when we look at the graphic, it shows there's so many tests for New South Wales and also Queensland, but the difference isn't much. It's only 12 games experience when you look at the 1 to 17 lineups of each side. Do you think that people are reading into it? And do you think that in the Queensland Maroons side, we have experience? I just said we, there we go. I've just aligned myself to Queensland. Um, but do you think that the Maroons do have uh, experience in the positions that need to be filled in terms of the spine, maybe just AJ Brimson the only one?
3: Yeah, well Jake Friend's making his debut, but he's a 30-year-old and he's a multi- multiple premiership winner so there's no you know, there's no question he'll be able to handle the occasion Jake, uh, but, but AJ look, the thing I love about him, he's just a competitor and I think you know when you're in this arena that's what you want, you want a player that you know is going to compete on every play so, but look I think just eight debut times people go, well it's an experience, but um, yeah, you know, with that, you know, we're we're the underdogs. We're inexperienced, but you know, you've got two of the, the best ever in terms of motivating, and, and it's still self belief into a group of men younger, So I've got no doubt they'll play well. Look,
2: you touched on Mal and Wayne. There's been a lot of talk over the years about their relationship and, and friction. What's the talk out of camp, mate? Is there a little bromance brewing again? <laughs> what's
3: the go with Wayne at the moment? Well, look, you know, no-one's allowed in camp, so we, we might not know exactly what's going <laughs> on in there. Um, that's probably one of the different feelings or build-ups for the, for the players, too, is that they're so used to having so many fans in and around training, that they haven't been able to interact with them. Uh, but, look, you know, they're, they're both competitive men, right? And they would have come up against each other at times, Um but they're both here for a common cause. They want to see Queensland win. And I think, you know, the, the history that those two men have shared, you know, right back to the early 80s where Wayne was coaching South and Mel was, was the captain of South, um, you know, they, they've got, a, you know, I guess, a, a long history together. Uh, at times, it would have been not always smooth sailing for them, but uh, they've come together for a common cause, and it's great to see them both there.
1: Lucky, I want to talk about James Tedesco for the New South Wales Blues. A lot of pundits south of the border are putting them in their greatest Blues side ever. How good is James Tedesco, and how much of a danger is he to this Queensland side?
3: Well, he's you know, he's such a, a, you know, a great athlete. Um, whether it's strength, speed, you know how agile he is, but to put all that together, um, he just competes all the time. And you know, again. With fatigue in the game, probably more prevalent than it's ever been because of the real changes, uh, he's a huge threat. Um, But, you know, it could be AJ Brimson's opportunity too, you know, late in the game or late in the halves for him to show how good he is. But, yeah, Tedesco is one guy that, particularly the middle forwards, just need to really do a good job on the night.
0: Uh, there's a couple of noticeable changes, Lockie. The first one, Tino Fasur, Malawi, starts at lock and Jai Arrow coming off the bench. The other one you have touched on was Jake Friend uh, yeah. over Harry Grant. Do you think Wayne would make changes there and start Jai over Tino eventually? Or what's your thoughts?
3: Yeah, look, I, you know, again, I, I don't know what they're thinking, but I, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Tino's on debut. He's a big body, brings aggression. He's an impact player, whereas Jai Arrow is someone you can put there and think, well, he'll just punch you out 80 minutes. He'll give me all the, clean up all those sort of 1% of players with it's kick pressure or get the tackles in the middle of the field. And then you bring Tino on when the game's opened up a bit. So oh, I would I would not be surprised one bit if he does that. But at the same time, he may be, he might want to have some sort of intimidation early in the game.
2: Lockie, I'm sure you're appreciating the origin chat rather than Brisbane chat, but I'll change the, uh, the mood a little bit. Obviously, a turbulent year over the last 12 months for the Broncos. How's Kevy settling in, mate? And obviously, with all the changes, do you believe that things are going to change in the right direction for the Broncos next year?
3: Oh, Kevin officially started with the Broncos November 1, which was, you know, what's we'll that, yesterday. Um, yeah, he's obviously been working in the background before then. He was still doing his stuff with the QRL. But, um, yeah, look, I, I guess when, when we parted ways with Wayne, you know, we went with a, with, with a new coach that had the different methods, different systems... Uh, even though he'd been part of the Broncos playing days uh, in the 90s, um, you know, it obviously didn't yield the results we wanted. Um, and we've sort of gone back to the DNA, the old DNA of the Broncos and Kevin Walters. Now, you wouldn't get a more passionate player uh, about the Broncos uh, than Kevin Walters. And he's, he's come in. He's obviously had some good exposure to high-pressure coaching the Origin team. And he's been really good you know he's he's touched base with all the players the young ones the old ones just to get a feel or just build the relationships i think that's really key to build the relationships to the players uh so you know he's i guess right now he's got his two assistant coaches uh there and they're just going through the program for what i think will be a very hard tough off-season or pre-season uh for the club and for the group but You've got to put the hard work in um, you know, as of the middle of November to be ready to go and in, in the best shape
2: possible by round one. Lockie, naturally when you change coaches, you, you, the roster gets looked at and they have different views as to the previous people that were there. Now, a lot of talk about Jack Bird's future at the club, Matt Lodge. Can you clear the air in regards to where those two stand going forward with the Brisbane Broncos?
3: Yeah, look, I think um, you know, he's formed a view... Um, you know, based on what he thinks, you know, outside looking in, but he's also formed a view that he wants to give in inside um, the house, so to speak, and, and get to know all the players, um, you know, a little bit a little bit better before he passes judgment on them, whether they're going to fit in with his, you know, plans moving forward. I mean, you know, Jack's obviously been talked about a lot over the time because he moved away from Sydney, you know, he hasn't been able to play a lot of football up here. He's been quite isolated uh, at times. I think he would feel a bit, a little bit lonely. So there has been talk about him wanting to go back to Sydney, but at this stage, you know, um, you know, again, Kevy's, you know, just taking the view that he just wants to get in the seat and um, just have a bit of a look and, and get a feel for the playing group before he makes any any big decisions.
0: Yeah. As always, we appreciate your insight, whether it's Broncos or Maroons, and we'll be tuning in live on Channel Nine on Wednesday, Lockie. have a great call.
3: All right,
0: thanks for your time, guys. Enjoy Wednesday. We will do. Up the maroons, eh? <laughs> Queensland you legend. You're born in New South Wales. I'm a Greg Inglis. Uh, I'm a Luke okay. Keery. Okay. It's what you feel connected to.
2: Okay, as long as you, <laughs> as long as you feel special. Seriously.
1: Listen to <laughs> one. Ben
0: Waggon. What? Ben
1: Wagon. You changed supporters every time we interview someone you jump on the bandwagon it's true depends
0: what's in fashion that's true, yeah. <laughs> <It's No>. true. <laughs> i'm kidding i love an underdog as well but let's talk about the new south wales blues gents what's the latest with james tedesco We did have to pass fitness training as well today michael what's the latest yeah i think
2: james tedesco will be there he'll play on wednesday night which is a massive boost to new south wales because they've obviously lost ryan Pappenhausen as well to that calf injury he sustained in the grand final. So the fact that Tedesco's there, they don't have to reshuffle the whole back, back line. There's no uh, Clint Gutherson being shifted in from centre Senator fullback. So that just the stability. And I think the fact you touched on it earlier with Tedesco and his strike, the real thing for New South Wales is the danger that Damian Cook and Tedesco possess through the middle of the field. And they've caused havoc in previous years there. So a massive boost for the Blues having Tedesco.
0: And what about Boyd Cordner? Uh, I heard uh, Greg Alexander talking on 1170. S. E. N. this morning and he said that it's the best he's ever seen Boyd train because the start of the year was really hard with the Roosters why are you giggling at me for I'm
2: just you've done done your research you're you're listening to everything
0: I like to do my research (laughs) in all seriousness no do you think that this could be his last representative season
2: look I think there's a chance and at some point you'd imagine the Roosters are going to have a conversation with Boyd Cordner. Is your focus here? Is it like I understand Boyd's been a fantastic servant, and people would think because he's been around for so long that he's in his thirties. He's not. He's 28. Boyd Cordner. So I think there's going to come a conversation. Maybe it's not this year. Maybe it's one more year where they say, "Mate, your body is not what it used to be. Do you have to focus? We pay you a lot of money at the Roosters to do a job for us. Should your attention be here? But uh, look, I can understand why the Roosters would be reluctant to do it because he's earned the right to pick and choose where he plays. But no in Boyd Cordner if he hasn't got an in him to continue for the Blues then he'll do what's best for for, um, for the Roosters.
0: And it's been a really tough year for him on and off the field, hasn't mm-hmm. it, Jamie?
1: Yeah, it has. And he's put his body through everything. You yeah, know, you think about not only the concussions, but back-to-back premierships and then, you know, deep into another final series this year. So uh, I think he'll make the right call. He, he seems like that kind of guy that when you sit down and talk to him, he's, he's going to make the right call, not only for himself, but for the club going forward. He'll know that he'll have to repay the Roosters for the faith they've yeah. shown in him early on in his career and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I think we just let him make it his own decision
0: Absolutely, he deserves that, right? And also, I just want to talk about the halves because we're going to see Cody Walker play that super sub role. But as for Nathan Cleary and Luke Kirri, they haven't played together yet. Jamie, is there are you concerned at all, or you have full confidence they'll be fine?
1: No, one blokes won three premierships. The other bloke just played in the grand final. So, but
0: I, combining was nah, that ever an nah, issue?
1: No, nah. I think that you'll you'll see Nathan Cleary control the ruck and put Luke Kirri in position to be able to execute the plays because it'll be very similar to how, I think New South Wales will be very similar to how the Roosters played with Cronk <laughs> and Kiri. Yeah. They'll allow Nathan Cleary to go anywhere on the park and Luke Keary will inject himself at second receiver down short sides and support the ball That not much will change. That's why I think this New South Wales side has got plenty of points in it. You think of that 1-7 to seven, all those guys had the best season probably that they've had in the last two years you know, for their team so uh, I think it's going to be one way traffic.
0: Where How do we see Cody Walker fitting into this?
1: Yeah, that's a good question because
2: that's... We saw a few years ago, Caelan Ponga came on in the middle of the field and he did a good job for Queensland and I think he made his debut there just coming off the bench in the middle of the field. I I expect New South Wales will use Cody in a similar role uh, but I, I think Freddie will just keep an eye on the game and make sure I, I, I think if Tedesco's knee doesn't hold up, they've got the option then of moving either Gutherson or fullback and reshuffling the back line or nah,
1: that'll be play straight. Cody
2: Walker to fullback. it will be Walker yeah.
1: straight back. They won't I don't think they swap Gutherson. I know that Tedesco was under an injury cloud, but I don't even think it would have been a, a late change. I think Cody Walker would have just played at full back. Yeah. Because he's been in that kind of form. He supports the footy, he's he can play in the middle, he can defend. He'll come on probably Depends how the game goes, but I can see him coming on with about 20 to go and either break the game wide open for New South Wales or come up with a big play to keep him in the game.
0: Okay, well, before we move on, I need to get your tips. So, game one.
1: New South Wales, 30
2: to 10. Yeah, New South Wales in a high-scoring game. I think the six again rule for the first time in origin. The floodgates will
1: open. I don't don't think that's going to play such a big part. I think that the the referee... uh, is it Bernie, Jared? Jared something? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think he'll put the whistle away. He'll let the players decide early on what kind of game they want it to be, and if they want it to be six again a thon, then he's going to obviously do that. But we saw in the grand final, like it, well, I didn't really sit there and watch the grand final and think, oh, that's a six again, oh, that's a six again, mm. like I did throughout the year in some of those games. So I think state of origin will be left to the players. It's fast enough already; he won't have time to call six again.
0: Okay, and you didn't give me your tip in terms of score. You just score? Said... And i are going to go twenty-eight-six. Okay. Thank you.
1: Pretty much the exact same as mine. I'm oh, sorry for thinking...
0: <laughs> Different numbers. You think? <laughs> Apparently you're not allowed to think the same thing. No, now, Jamie, I want to... you to go over to touchscreen because you were going to talk to me a bit about Damien Cook. But before we do, of course, it looks like it's going to rain down in Adelaide for the State of Origin opener. Now, this is not the first time that we have seen this in State of Origin. Let's take a look at some of the highlights over the last years, all thanks to Queensland Fire and Emergency Services.
3: So we go back to the magistrate... Guy and Lewis. Lewis again says something to Gaia. They push and shout. Gets oh, nice it away nicely. He's got it. He's got, it. He's got it. has won the second State of Origin for New South Wales.
1: Last tackle for Queensland. Lewis, Lewis, a little
3: chip. Whoa, it bounces off there. In the mud, long ball for Skirling. Now, Kinney, there's a gap for Kinney. He's got support from the right, goes to Cronin, and a long pass out there for Neil Hunt, who's in the score for New South Wales.
1: John's now going wide, finding Bailey. They immediately
3: try and get round them. Girdler, Girdler's making a great.
1: letting Queensland set up their defence. Daly pumps it them. Daly's over. And it's a try
3: on oh, farewell in front of the Sydney crowd.
1: Change of play now. Langer.
3: Langer stepping the Little Man has made the break. And there's a chip kick and the chase is on. Oh,
1: a big dive in the mud too. And look at that from over the a moment of sport. There's Lewis and Langer. <laughs>
3: oh, it's a crush for David Peachy. Peachy now for Ryan Gerdler. Here comes a try, I think. Gerdler... Good luck, good luck, he's over! You are off, well, Hang on, we've got Gordon Taylor what? being set! Don't talk to me, just go! Well, maybe they think there was go. a knock on as we're about to get into that tape, here it is here. No that's, doubt it
0: came that's forward. Un- it's unbelievable that's been missed.
3: And Okar goes for the accelerator, he's down to the third, he gets it to Dinesco. Dinesco, quick pass it, here comes number three for Javi! Stewart, and again another penalty to New South Wales. Stewart wants to go on with it. He's pushing Jackson out of the way. Well, Bill Harrigan really has to pick the lid on, on this. Ten minutes. There. Ten minutes. I think it's Jackson. Ten minutes. My I think it's Bella. has gone into first. We've seen him at Lager's with the football. Goes for He's got it. it. I think he's got it. Lagos.
1: One person who played himself into a rich vein of form at the end of the NRL season was Damian Cook and State of Origin is built for Damian Cook and his running game. The Queenslanders will have to be on high alert for later on in the game. Once they start to get fatigued, he takes off from dummy half and can split them open. You think about Game 3 last year, this exact play happens. You can see the Blues there. They're clumped around the ball. They're starting to get through the middle of the Queenslanders. Just watch Josh Papali. He comes up over the other side of the ruck And the slow retreat here, just back in behind the ruck there. Now, he's half a step wide. This is where Damien Cook realises that Papali versus Damien Cook in a match race is just all day and night is going to be Damien Cook. He takes off. You can see Papali. His first step is to the left, too wide. Damien Cook has the speed and the skill to be able to finish around the fullback and score a try. A memorable try for New South Wales and Queensland are going to have to be on high alert every time Damien Cook runs a footy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Jamie. I always love your insight. And while you get back into your chair, I want to talk to you, Michael, about player movements. And someone that you had in the Sydney Morning Herald this morning was, of course, Josh Mansor. Where is he headed? No longer at Penrith?
2: No, he had a meeting with... Well, he is at Penrith at the moment, but the Panthers met with uh, Ivan Cleary and the head of football, Matt Cameron, met with Josh Mansor last week and, and notified Mansor that he wouldn't start next year in first grade. They're going to give young Charlie Staines first crack at that left-wing position. So it looks as though Josh Mansour may have played his last game for the Panthers. I'm aware of a number of clubs who have been asked if they're interested in Mansour's services. So it would be interesting to see how long it takes for someone like Mansour to snap up a contract elsewhere, Sally?
1: Well, he's, he's one of the best wingers, you know, in the competition. He's got high work rate, strong carrying the ball. He has got an error in him at times, but he showed this year. I thought this year was probably his best year back to form on that left edge uh, to be able to finish and, and get that ball, you know, going
0: forward every time there's a kick received. Where would he call home in 2021? Where's likely? Yeah, it's an interesting
2: one. There's a few clubs looking at wingers. I know obviously the Tigers are uh, waiting with bated breath to see what happens with Josh Addo Carr. Sure.
1: Nofaluma uh, and Mansell.
2: Well, you could play Nofaluma and Mansell on the wings and Josh had a car at fullback if they could fit them all in. Mm-hmm. That's the obvious one. He's a South Sydney junior, so I think there's a part of him that would like to go to Souths. Uh, and maybe, even, maybe even Parramatta. There's a little bit of murmurs around Ferguson's future, so we'll see.
0: OK, another one. We might have to keep an eye on Blake Ferguson. Uh, but Matt Burton, he's another Penrith Panther. Has he been linked to the Bulldogs? Is that still going to come off?
2: Yeah, the Bulldogs are going hard at Matt Burton, and rightly so. He's probably the... The best young player at Penrith and there's a, quite a few of them. I think the Bulldogs have offered him around $400,000 a year for, for two years. Now Matt Burton's still got one more year left on his deal at Penrith and the Panthers have told all the young players, you will not be leaving early, you, you will see out 2021. So Burton will be at the Panthers next year but geez, Trent Barrett wants him in blue and white next, uh, the year after. So he certainly does. I think you'll find they can't keep
1: eye and Matt Burton.
2: They want to Penrith but it doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, and what about for Bryce Cartwright, Jamie? Do you think it would suit the Parramatta Eels to have him in the lineup?
1: You know what? I'm really happy for Bryce that he found a, a place to be able to play footy next year. I think it's a, a fresh start and a new opportunity for him. Uh, having worked with him and played with him yeah, when he came through, there's a lot of stuff that went on in his life that he's probably got sorted out now. So I think he could fit into that utility role uh, for Parramatta if he trains hard and, and gets his defensive right. I think he could be a valuable asset for the Parramatta Reels.
0: The next name I want to talk about is Josh Adokal because every day oh. it seems to change <laughs> where he will be in 2021. Uh, before I do get your thoughts, though, he gave us an update a little earlier.
1: No, nah, no update, man. Um, yeah, my manager's told me that um, you know, just focus on what what's happening today and that's, um, that's been in the, this origin side and just really focus on what I have to do for the team. I've got a good uh, support base behind me um, in, in the storm my manager, my family, and these boys here, um, so I'm not too really fussed um, what, what the um, outside noise is going on, so it is what it is.
0: Is what it is. The update was no update. So, Michael, where's he going? <laughs> well,
1: he,
2: he can't really say too much because Brad Fittler will be filthy if he does. You know, Brad Fittler says no distractions. We don't talk about contracts when you come into camp. And he's followed the rules there. But the, the talk around Josh Adakar is when he asked for a release from Melbourne that he was promised that he could get about $800,000. His manager, Mario Tartak said, I'll get you $800,000 elsewhere. Now, that Tigers offer is well and truly short of that. I, I believe it's around five hundred and fifty dollars at most, $600,000 a year for four years. That, there's a heads of agreement that's been signed with the West Tigers. And if he wants to go there, he, he, he can. But the talk now is that he's maybe having second thoughts and would like to see out that final year at Melbourne and then look at options when, more, when clubs have more money on offer. So it's it's a tough one because some are questioning whether he actually wants to leave for compassionate reasons. If he does, then the contract's there for him to go to Sydney. But the suggestion is now that perhaps he's getting his cold feet and may see out one more year. Who knows where Josh Adokar's going to end up, but the Tigers... Desperately want him there to play fullback next year, if not on the wing. But I think he'll be at fullback if he goes to the Tigers.
0: I know that you mentioned Freddie doesn't want any distractions in Blues camp. Stephen Crichton, another another man in there. Where do you see him? Because there's been talk about a bit messy with the management. Or? Yeah,
2: this is a is a very interesting one. I think we haven't heard the last of what's happening with Stephen Crichton. So Stephen Crichton about four months ago agreed to a deal with Penrith, based around 1.5 million dollars over three years. He shook hands with Ivan Cleary at the time and and promised to sign the deal. The only thing was he wanted to get out of his management deal at the time and to do that he had to see out the year. So Penrith had said, OK, we'll do you a favour, we'll wait till the end of the year and you can sign your deal, So I know you're laughing because you think he's going to end up elsewhere. He shook Ivan Cleary's hands and said, you know what, I'm going to honour that deal. Now Penrith are getting a bit nervous that he's not going to honour the deal and there are a few clubs waiting there. The Bulldogs would love to bring him to the club and Trent Barrett obviously has an enormous, enormous opinion of Stephen Crichton. So it's going to come back to whether Crichton's a man of his word and going to hold at $1.5 million. Because I think you'll find, is he worth more than that? Yes, he is. But Mate. Penrith didn't... Wait in, Jamie. Penrith <laughs> didn't sign that deal, didn't register the contract because, for him. Because he wanted to wait till his manager had passed, the management deal had passed, and got a new, management, man, new manager. I'm struggling here. Yeah. But... At the end of the day, Penrith did him a favour and now it looks like he could come back to bite them.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that and I understand that. I did handshake deals when I left the Roosters and then when I moved on from uh, St George to Penrith, you know there was an opportunity for me to go to another Sydney club but I'd already uh, shook hands with Phil Gould. However, if the player can get the best deal and the manager's there, unless it's signed, we cannot... I don't want to hear people questioning Stephen Crichton's character, okay? If it's a handshake deal, yep, that's great. If you honour that and that's your what you pride yourself on, that's great. But until it's signed, we cannot count another person's money. There's a short amount of time to make as much money as you can. If he decides that the Bulldogs is going to be best for his future and set his family up and gets more money, I'm sorry, Penrith. That's just the way it... It has to happen. It's a
2: business.
0: Look,
1: let's just say this: I don't think Canterbury the only club lining. I know, up. but I'm just saying we can't have it. Oh, it's a business. This we want this part of it to just be a business. But oh, but when a player you know is dropped like Josh Mansell, that's. I not get a that,
2: Sowie. I get it, Sowie. But he looked him in the eye and said, "You know what? Please okay, look you after." He looked me in, in the that. eye every
1: week. It doesn't well, help you. It
2: doesn't help my eyesight. I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway.
0: All right. So another player I'd like to talk about <laughs> is Benji Marshall. Uh, and now there were links with him and Todd Payton up at the North Queensland Cowboys. Is that going to come to fruition? Look.
2: I don't think so. Benji's been offered a deal around $200,000 for one more year to finish his career under his old mate, Todd Payton, who he played with at the West Tigers. I don't think there's an appetite from Benji or his family to relocate to North Queensland next year. In saying that, he wants to play on. And at this stage, it's the only thing he has going for him in terms of a contract being put in front of him. There isn't any interest at this point from anyone in Sydney. So Benji has a choice to make. Does he go to the, the Titans, and, uh, sorry, the Cowboys and play for $200,000? Or does he probably take more on offer and uh, go to Fox Sports and have a very good media career from what we've seen on Mm. NRL 360? He's been fantastic. So Benji at this stage wants to play. He hasn't got the options that he wants.
0: Uh, yeah, North Queensland, that's a big move too. It's mm. not just down the road. OK, John Asiata, it looks like he sealed the deal uh, with the Brisbane Broncos, one of Kevi's first signings.
2: Yeah, John Asiata, John Asiata one-year deal with the Broncos, uh, leave the Cowboys, who I think also will leave Jay, lose Jay Clifford to the Knights as well. So, handy little pick-up for the Broncos.
0: And Matt Lodge, will he stay at Red Hill?
2: Yeah, at first I'd say no, but I think Kevi might be coming around. Uh, yeah, Lockie said a little bit earlier that there's some things in place there in terms of seeing what... Over the offseason, how things unfold. So, wait and see with Matt Lodge.
0: So, what, wh- why would he not want to keep him? Doesn't
2: Well, it's like just value for money. It's, it's not a personal thing. It's, it's, he's on big money there, Matt Lodge. And they are not short of, of fours. I know they've lost David Fafita, but they've invested heavily in, in Payne Haas. They've also got Joel Fahangawi there on the contract. So, on but is contract. He so, m- name well, his name's been mentioned with the Dragons. Yeah. They're trying to get him as well. So, Kevy's just trying to work out what they need. What they need is a fullback, and they also need a halfback. They've got a lot of money invested in their forwards, so they're just trying to reshape that salary cap there and spend money where they think it's necessary.
0: Lockie also spoke about Jack Bird and potentially making a move out of the club. Do you see Jack leaving the Brisbane Broncos and finding home in Sydney?
2: I think Jack wouldn't mind returning to Sydney. I think his partner wants to live in Sydney. She's a lawyer. He wants to return home. The thing with the Dragons is they've come with an offer to, to Jack and they want Brisbane to put in a certain amount of money. That's At the moment, they're not reaching an agreement in, in regards to who pays what. The other thing that's interesting is Jack DeBellin at the moment in court. Uh, so it depends what happens there. The Dragons could have a lot more money to play with uh, in regards to how that outcome unfolds with Jack DeBellum.
0: OK, and just finally, Blake Green, because we saw Blake Green was Knights, then Bulldogs, and now it's potentially Knights with a coaching role. So Yeah,
2: I, I think the Knights probably want Jake uh, Clifford from the Cowboys. They're pushing really hard for Jake Clifford next year with Mitchell Pearce got one final year at the club, potentially as well staying on if they can give him an extension. But I think Blake Green will be in blue and white midway through next year when he recovers from that injury. Uh, And then the year after, their succession plan is Matt Burden at
0: the Dogs. Well, the footy fans will be counting every word of yours that you've just told us. So always Mm -hmm. appreciate what you have. Make sure you keep the eyes and ears peeled for Michael Chamis across all media forms. Sydney Morning Herald every day. Just made it all up, Katie. (laughs) I wouldn't go on it. (laughs) Hey, don't say that. All right, now it's time for Hit or Miss. And before we get started, gents, over the next three weeks... You, our fans and our viewers, will have the chance to win one of ten Alexa Show 5 units, thanks to Amazon. So each week there is a quiz on nrl.com. Just answer the questions and you will be in the running for an Echo Show 5. That's pretty cool. I'd be pretty pretty down to win one of those. All right. State of Origin should stay at the end of the season, hit or miss?
1: Uh, Miss for me. I thought you, lucky hit the nail on the head, I think you could have it in the middle of the season, get rid of a few rounds and also yeah, have that three-week gap. Allow players to be able to yeah, have that rest through the middle of the year and, and get your best team onto the finals. I've always thought that the middle the year, have it three weeks back-to-back.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it doesn't belong at the end of the year. The ratings might be fantastic, but I don't think the interest in the lead-up is the same as it is in the middle of the year, so let's take it back
1: Well, and and don't forget like this year I know this year's different but there's going to be players that don't play for four weeks and then have to go into an origin camp so I I reckon you're better off sort of trimming that round down to about 22 I reckon you can get down to and have that three weeks by itself
0: okay and West Tigers have made the right call on extending Michael Maguire hit or miss Uh, Michael I'll go with you
1: yeah, I think it's the right call. Uh, there's a lot of noise
2: around Michael Maguire's future at the West Tigers and whether there's unrest in, in the playing ranks in regards to the way he coaches. And I, I've been quite vocal that I feel as though Michael Maguire has you know, destabilised that roster a little bit. There's uncertainty around it. So I think to silence that noise, the Tigers have gone, you know what, Michael Maguire's our man. If you're not on board, then there's the door. So he's going to be at the club until 2023. That's not signed, sealed, delivered just yet, but... The agreement there with uh, Chairman Lee Haggap tell us last week that they uh, committed to the club. Because there's been a bit of noise that Michael Maguire is looking at uh, the Melbourne Storm with Craig Bellamy off, well potentially finishing up next year. But I think you'll find Jason Riles will be at the Storm once Bellamy finishes up.
0: What about for you? Agree. Oh, gosh, that's nice. Good job, belief for West Tigers as well. Uh, last but not least, Australia should host the 2021 Rugby League World Cup. It does come after... Your article, Michael, that sparked a bit of interest in the Sydney Morning.
2: Well, look. At the end of the day, reality of the situation with the coronavirus at the moment is we may not we may not be able to play the World Cup in England next year. If it was on this year, we wouldn't be playing. There's a, there's talking that the Olympics might not be on again next year, which has been postponed 12 months. And I don't think rugby league's any different. If if things continue the way they are, so everyone in that situation in any business makes contingency plans. And I, my understanding is the contingency plan is to play a series of test matches in Australia next year if things don't work out with the World Cup and postpone it another year I don't think the World Cup will be played in Australia no I just think they'll postpone the World Cup 12 months
0: so so should they yeah, Post no, the world. I, no. No, it's postpone no. it's four months. How about for you, Jamie?
1: Yes, they should. This is a no brainer. Get the World Cup down here. If you want to have the World Cup, you keep pushing it back year after year. You're not going to have international footy. And for me, there's nothing better than saying Tongans, Samoans, Fijians, everyone represented at their World Cup. You have to have it here next year in Australia. <laughs> They've paid
2: big money for us, Sarah. They're not gonna give it up.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and well mate, they have to.
1: If you can't play it, that's not our fault. But, but what's different? Now, They're
2: yeah. gonna have to bring we're gonna have to get a lot of people into the country as well. Not as much as from here going over I'll there, tell you but the you got to get Papua New Guinea in, you got to get England in. I'll tell you in. what
1: the difference is. We host the best competition in the world and we can execute that plan down here, playing the World but It's
0: going to
2: cost money. What if the NRL want to fork out money on the international game?
1: Peter is will make it happen.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK, I like that, but I will give our footy fans some facts and there is nothing changing right now. There was a statement put out by the Rugby League World Cup CEO saying, we have very, cl- uh, we have made it very clear, although we remain realistic about the significant challenges. 12 months away from the tournament, they remain confident the Rugby League World Cup in 2021 will take place as planned next year. That is the CEO, John Dutton there. But we know things change very quickly in Rugby League, so we will be keeping our eyes across that one. That's it for Hit or Miss. It is now time for Champ or Chump and we got a few goodies in this. I did mention Brandon Smith but I've saved that till last. The first one. New South Wales Blues have a new song. Here's a little snippet.
3: It was 40 years ago today On a patch of hallowed grass he took a swipe at me and
1: I don't know <laughs> how I feel about that. Hey, you're the champs until you're not the champs. They're looking for three in a row. I love it.
2: You didn't answer the question. Good song. What do you? I said I
0: love it. Uh, yeah, he's a champ.
2: Yeah. I'm going to jump them. Yeah. Not a big fan. Good effort, but not a big fan.
0: It's very random.
2: But you're a Queenslander. You wouldn't like it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, and this time... Hey, good on them for trying. I just, yeah, I won't be singing it. Okay, no. well, don't sing it. Everybody Are you going to sing it? No worries, I think yeah. you'll like this right, one. Send us a video next week, right. I want to watch it. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yes. Next week's show, I want to see you sing it in the lounge room.
0: All right. We have got that on film. That is recorded. I look forward to next week. Next one, Cameron Munster. I'm not sure if this is a new profile pic or if it's his mugshot, oh, oh, oh. but this has gone viral all over social media. This is, of course, after his grand final bender. <laughs> he looks like he probably needs a week of sleep. Gents, what do you think?
1: He is a champ, just because. <laughs> I mean, that is... <laughs> Commitment, and I told you, I've been glued to their Instagram all week, those three. Yeah, yeah love it. Uh, I, 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 We've I all mean, been there. Like, it's a long <laughs> day. Yeah, well, I haven't. It's a long <laughs> day. Yeah, actually, <laughs> are look at it. Look at that. Like, he's, like, he's like, Val, get off me. I'm about to spew. <laughs> uh, ben Hunt, don't touch me. Like Look at this. He's like, hurry up. I need at, some sleep. At what
2: point will he be right? You've won a grand final. Uh, at what point were you right after the grand final?
1: Oh... I'm still not right. Have a look at me. <laughs> uh, he'll be right about 8.09, unfortunately for the Blues. 8.09 on Wednesday night. Oh, good Yeah, idea. he'll yeah. be
0: just in time. Prime shape. And last but not least, I feel that he is the NRL MVP, Brandon Smith. He's a trendsetter. He's the blocker cheese, hectic cheese, champ cheese, and now he's got rival codes attracting attention and giving him shout outs.
3: I'm copying the double C, the champ cheese. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Caleb <laughs> Clark they'll the all black of course they won the blood Aslo at the weekend don't you love that he's just a fan favourite and an athlete favourite this he's is going to be
1: he's been a favourite on this show for a long long time
0: mm.
2: yep he's fantastic and you, know what, you when nearly when scared he... him off no oh, he loved it he loves a bit of tension and a little questioning you just getting the nitty gritty <laughs> stuff out of him he gave about away about a little bit actually he did give away a little bit
0: yeah. he did yeah, sort yeah. of
2: said that he'd be leaving but hey still waiting for that
0: <laughs> He's a great sport. Now that is it for today's show. But a quick shout out—you've you, got one, Jamie. Yes,
1: I'm doing November this year. As you can see, uh, a little bit of pepper there already. Uh, make sure you go to November and donate. You can yeah, find my name on there and donate to a valuable cause. Uh, appreciate everyone's support. Thank it is you. a
0: great cause. Are you doing it, Jamie, or Michael, or are you just look? I um...
1: he'll donate.
0: Yeah, I'll donate. I'll donate. Yeah, we'll to both donate. you will yeah.
1: donate fifty but bucks. Sports. The moths will fly out of his wallet, but he will die.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. All right, don't forget to watch the State of Origin opener, Adelaide Oval. And if you can't be there, like many of us, you can watch it live on Channel 9 Wednesday night. Until next Monday, have a good one.